Welcome to this week's podcast from Faith Christian Church. For more details, check out faithcc.com.au. We hope you enjoy this message. Isn't this great at our Christmas Eve, Eve, Eve service tonight? We've got so many people that have come out to celebrate Christmas. And uh, it's already been spoken about a little bit, but uh, isn't it so exciting and enjoyable? Those that join the traffic, jump into queue, line up for uh, the race to get uh, to the shops in these last 72 hours and uh, all the deadlines that you have to uh, make sure that you've just got in place so that you can have a break, right? I mean, the the list of to-dos and uh, things that get organized, we've got a family event, we've got a a church event, we've got friends coming over, we've got this, we've got travel, we've got, and all of this we do so that we can relax, right? We can enjoy the season. I mean, there is some good stuff about Christmas. I mean, we all, who enjoys Christmas? Give us a wave. There's no Grinches uh, anymore past the barriers there. Okay, good. No humbugs, you know, it's like... You know, there is lots of good things. Uh, Pastor Dave, who just spoke a great message last week, uh, he shared one of his favorite things is food. And to be honest with you, I felt like, you know, it was a little underwhelming because I love pavlova. I feel like, you know, what's wrong with people? When you said pavlova, I just expected just this cheer and it was just a bit like, yeah, pavlova, whatever. I mean, what else do you guys have? Gingerbread. Yeah, that's good. You know, there's food, there's presents, there's time with friends and family, lots of good things about Christmas. There's those, like, Christmas cracker jokes, you know, and those hats that you get. I love those. I love, who loves the, 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 the novelty stuff you get in the Christmas crackers? And, and particularly, I know Pastor Chris would because uh, he is the best of dad jokes. Um, you know, the, the Christmas cracker jokes that you get. Okay, what do you call a bad-mannered reindeer? Rudolph. Come on, guys. Okay, I'll give you another one. What do you call a blind reindeer? No idea. Oh, thanks. Thanks for spoiling that. Who yelled that out? Was that you, Charlotte? I hope not. You know, uh, there's lots of things that uh, we love about Christmas, all jokes aside. But, uh, you know, one thing I do love about Christmas is I love singing Christmas carols. In fact, I actually love going into the shopping centers, into offices, into restaurants, and actually hearing Christmas carols being played across the airwaves. I think it's amazing. I don't know if you guys sort of, sort of catch yourself, but, but, you know, many of these, I'm not talking about just the Christmas songs. I enjoy those, you know, White Christmas and all the different ones like that. But I really love the Christmas carols because they speak a message about Jesus Christ. Uh, Some of these Christmas carols are so powerful. If you actually stop to take a moment to actually listen and take in these lyrics and these, what the words that they are saying about a oh holy night, about the 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 redeeming grace, about uh, you know that that uh, it was because of Jesus, the first Christmas, the first Noel. I mean, we talk about all these different things. And, and sometimes we can sort of just take it for granted and just get used to it. But, you know, I think that sadly there might be a day where we don't hear that sort of stuff being played in shopping centers anymore. But I, I rejoice every time I walk in, I think, and you know, I see a, the odd time, and it doesn't happen too often, that you'll see a nativity scene. 
You know, but I love the fact that, you know, last weekend we gathered together and we were singing uh, Christmas carols. And uh, as we plan and prepare every year, you know, we want to put on something for the community. But we will never discount and never take away the fact that we want to see G- sing Jesus glorifying carols at Christmas time. Amen. You can have your Santa Claus. You can have your white Christmas. But I want a bit of Gloria. Amen. Angels we have heard on higher binks. That's what I want. Exactly. For those that uh, didn't get that reference, Binks did forget about what the song was when she was introducing me last week, and that was fine. I was quick to pick it up. You know, who loves singing at Christmas time? Who, like Pastor Andy, just gets a little bit louder at Christmas time and the singing and the carols? I think it's fantastic. You know, actually singing has health benefits for you. So it's actually good for you to sing. Let me just read out some of these. These are legitimate. I'm not just making this up. There's been studies that have been done at universities across England and Germany in particular. And there is 10 health benefits of singing. Number one, singing strengthens your immune system. Did you know that? Singing is a workout, number two. Pastor Matt, you can just sing a little bit more. And, you know, there it is. It's a workout. Exactly. Workout to your natural balance. Number three, singing improves your posture. Number four, singing helps with sleep. This is true. It helps with your breathing, helps all these different things. It will help you with your sleep. Number five, singing is a natural antidepressant. That's true. Singing actually releases endorphins and all this other stuff that I'm not going to get into. But it's actually a fact that singing is a natural antidepressant. Number six, singing lowers stress levels. That's good at this time of the year, isn't it? So maybe we just need to sing a little bit more of these Christmas carols. Singing improves mental alertness. Singing boosts your confidence. Singing broadens your communication skills. And many people actually learn languages through singing. Number 10, singing can widen, this is my favorite, singing can widen your circle of friends. That's, that's a good benefit. That's actually one of the benefits they noted in these studies. Singing can widen your circle of friends unless it is Pastor Andy and you tend to repel people when you sing. I'm joking, I'm joking, I'm joking. But I, but I do love singing, I do love carols, and uh, like I said, I love the fact that, that these songs have such powerful lyrics that have been sung right throughout the globe. And one of my favorite songs around Christmas time is the song Silent Night. You know, I thought I'd just uh, share a message tonight about Silent Night and, and share a little bit of the backstory of what Silent Night is all about. You know, it's one of the, the arguably one of the most popular and famous Christmas carols of all time. It's, it's actually sung right across many countries. In fact, it's been interpreted in and translated into over 140 languages. Bing Crosby's 1935 version of this song, Silent Night, is the third greatest selling single of all time. The third greatest of all time is a Christmas carol. You know, the lyrics of Stille Nacht were written in 1816 by Joseph Moore, a priest living in a small town, Oberndorf in Austria. Two years later, he, he teamed up with Uh, A gentleman who was a part of the church, the the parish, he was a choir leader and an organist in his local Catholic parish, a guy named Franz Gruber. And together they wrote this now very popular, famous carol that celebrates the anticipation of the arrival of the newborn saviour. Inspired by the Christmas story that we know fairly well, 
found in Luke chapter 2. We're going to turn to that tonight and we're going to read about this event in history. At that time, the Roman Emperor Augustus decreed that a census should be taken throughout the Roman Empire. All returned to their own ancestral towns to register for this census. And because Joseph was a descendant of King David, he had to go to Bethlehem in Judea, David's ancient home. He traveled there from the village of Nazareth in Galilee. He took with him Mary, to whom he was engaged, who, he was, now, who was now expecting a child. And while they were there, the time came for her baby to be born. She gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no lodging available for them. And that night, there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them, and they were terrified. But the angel reassured them, don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, he has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you'll recognize him by this sign. You'll find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth lying in a manger. Suddenly the angels, angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God, saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. And when the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, Let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. And they hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph. And there was the baby lying in the manger. After seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. And all who heard the shepherds' stories were astonished. Now, Silent Night, it's an interesting title of a song. It's an interesting way to depict what really wouldn't have been a silent night at all. I mean, you think about it. I mean, Mary and Joseph traveled to this place, couldn't find any lodging anywhere. There was no room in the inn, and so they were, they were forced to stay in this stable, along with all the, the sheep and the cows and the other the cattle and goats and and then if you know anything about childbirth, you know, it's not a silent process. I don't know if you've thought about this, but, but you know, I, I haven't given birth to a child myself, but I was just hanging around, falling asleep a little bit, waking up. I was around and I realized, you know what, it's not a quiet and a silent process. I mean, then it speaks about, you know, that the shepherds rocking up at some point that, that night, and I'm sure they wouldn't have just quietly came in. They would have been like overjoyed and excited. This would have been a crowded and a loud environment. And so we can stand here and think, what a strange thing to try and title this song and, and describe this moment in history as a silent night, because it would have been anything but. But, you know, I love this carol because it alludes to something, it describes and it points to something that is a little bit broader, a little bit bigger than just one night. It actually speaks to a time in the history of the, the nation of Israel, which was called and, and known to, to us today as the silent years. You know, the truth is that 
The, the end of the Old Testament in the book of Malachi, when you flip over the page to Matthew, that moment there actually depicts not just a couple of days, not just a couple of weeks, not even one or two years, but the flipping over of the page from Malachi. When Malachi the prophet came and spoke and foretold of things in 420 BC to the time that the angel visited and spoke about the birth of both John the Baptist and our Savior Jesus, it was over 400 years, 400 years of silence in the history of the nation of Israel. 400 years where God had not revealed anything new to his people. No prophetic words. No angels' visitations. Nothing more was added to the Scriptures. 400 years of silence is also known as the intertestamental period where, where God did not reveal anything and did not speak to his people. You know, I started to think about this, a silent night. A silent time for the history of the nation of Israel. I wonder what they would have been thinking. They would have heard about the prophecies, about this person that was going to rise up and, and going to sit in government and overthrow the, the different nations that had come to, to, to come and attack them. And they were sitting and they were thinking maybe one or two years, maybe three or four years, maybe, maybe a decade or two, but 400 years had passed and they'd heard nothing from God. I wonder what they would have started to think, God, maybe you got it wrong. Maybe, maybe we, we, we've, we've got it wrong. Maybe we've just been so bad turning our backs from you that you have just, you've given up. You've gone home, you've gone on a holiday yourself, you're going to celebrate a break yourself. But, but I don't know what it would have gone through their mind, but there was these silent, silent years. You know, I wonder sometimes whether we can face a similar season in our life where it feels like God is just not present, where it feels like God has maybe just become silent. Maybe we've made mistakes ourselves. Maybe we've had some struggles. Maybe we've faced them, some things that have discouraged us. Maybe we've taken some hits, some losses. And we come to a point where we say, God, are you even there? God, why are you silent? Do you care about me? Maybe you're in a season right now as we step into just about to walk into Christmas Day where you're saying, God, I, I hear these songs. I'm even in church today, but at times I wonder, are you with me? You know, this was a silent time. This was a silent time in the history of, of the nation of Israel, but, but scriptures will tell us, and we know the story because God was up to something even on the surface, there was silence, but God was preparing something greater. He was aligning things. He was starting to bring about different things that were going to pre prepare his people and his nation, and in fact, the nations of the world for this moment in history that he would reveal his master plan. See, it might have been a silent time in Israel's history, but God was up to something. See, in the middle of silence... God sent his son Jesus to the earth to break the silence. In the middle of a dark night where hope had supposedly been silenced and all mankind's efforts had come up short, mankind receives the ultimate Christmas gift, the ultimate and the greatest gift of all. They receive the Savior of the world, Emmanuel, God with us. 
See, for centuries, the, the children of Israel had tried to, to follow the things of God, and they at times turned their back against God, and, and they tried to meet the standard, tried to prove in their own efforts that they could meet God's standards. But time and time again, they failed. See, God created mankind. God created you and I with a, with a master plan, a purpose in mind to have relationship with Him. But we allowed sin to separate us from, from our loving Father. And God declared as, as the children of Israel came out of slavery, He gave them the, the laws and the Ten Commandments. And, and He said, okay, well, here's what it takes to, to be able to, to meet my standard and become and be accepted by me. And, and uh, we know that all He was doing was showing us that we in our own efforts can't meet the standards of a holy God. That in ourselves, we can't make it. We can't save ourselves. We need a Savior. And right here, that, that they come to the point where they realize that they are in desperate need. See, what I've realized, church, is that in life, in our life, in our society, we have this philosophy that, that tends to be highlighted at Christmas. We like to think that people get what they deserve. Do you believe me? Do you notice it? I mean, I mean, you just only have to look at Christmas. We sing songs about Santa. We talk about the, the naughty and the nice list. We talk about things that, that if you're good enough, you'll get the present. You know, we like to think that, that people get what they deserve. But I thank God that He's our Heavenly Father and not our Father Christmas. Amen? I thank Jesus that He's our Savior and not our Santa because, you know, Santa might give you what you deserve. But I thank God that He doesn't give us what we deserve. I don't know if I can get an amen tonight, but that's good news. Because the truth is we deserved a certain consequence. Mankind deserved a certain outcome, but I thank God that in His lovingness and His graciousness, that He chose not to give us what we deserve, but to give us Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us. And so as we come around Christmas we need to take a moment where we say, we thank you, God. I don't want to just race through the shopping centers, the Christmas dinners, the opening of presents, and forget the greatest gift that we've been given. We've been given Emmanuel, God, with us. Let's think about that. God is with you tonight, church. God is with you in your circumstance, in your trials. When you feel like you've been forgotten about, God is with you. When you got that report about sickness, God is with you. When that situation's happening in your family, some people are facing a difficult situation even as they walk into this Christmas in their family. Emmanuel, God is with you. The greatest gift that God could give each and every one of us was that He gave Himself. Emmanuel, God is with us. When we didn't deserve it, God sent His Son Jesus to this world. Colossians 1, 19 tell, tells us, For God in all His fullness was pleased to live in Christ, and through Him God reconciled everything to Himself. He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of Christ's blood on the cross. This includes you who were once far away from God. You were His enemies, separated from Him by your evil thoughts and actions. 
Yet now he has reconciled you to himself through the death of Christ in his physical body. And as a result, he has brought you into his own presence and you are holy and blameless as you stand before him without a single fault. Isn't that amazing, church? We don't get what we deserve this Christmas. We get the grace and the love of God. We get complete forgiveness. We get to stand before God our Father completely blameless and without fault, no matter what your history, no matter what the decisions you had made today, yesterday, in the past. The Bible says if we call on the name of Jesus, if we put our faith and our trust in Him and invite Him to be our Lord and our Savior, then we receive the gift of Christmas, Emmanuel, God with us. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast from Faith Christian Church. To stay up to date, check us out at our website, faithcc.com.au.